Do it, man. We're recording. We're live. We're not live. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. I heard that bisque. I laughed. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. I laughed. Mm. Yes. Man. Yeah, it's early, huh? It is. It is. <laughs> I'm up and going, though, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What time do y'all usually get up? Oh, gosh. I need a regular get-up time, but some days it's 5 in the morning. Some days it's, like, 7.30. Hmm. Mm. Dang. Almost always at 6 a.m., you know, I was much better in the parish because we always had a morning mass, so I had oh, to get yeah. a homily ready and uh, yeah, pray in the morning. So that was more yep. regular. So I got a pretty nice setup over here. Our our daily mass is at noon, hmm. and the offices open at nine, and so I'm wow. usually like a seven, and then just kind of cruising into work. Nice, yeah, nice. Just but then, pack your lunch the, and. Mm-hmm. Coffee thermos and head oh, in, huh? Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kiss totally. your wife goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She lays out my clothes. It's always the same thing. Uh, uh, Do you take two coffee thermoses or just one? It's huge, dude. It's called a bubba. <laughs> it's it holds just. It's like a drum. It's basically Do you take a, coffee a drum. gallon of coffee every day <laughs> because you might. Yeah. It, legitimately, it's huge. Uh, Wait, do you I'm actually have a Bubba? Because I've seen this. Yeah, I have a Bubba, and I bought it at Walmart. Uh, those are plastic, yeah. right? It Not is metal. plastic, but it has like a metallic body oh. that wraps around the the outside to kind of. Uh, well, I guess it's to keep it warm. I don't know, or at least to strengthen it. But it's like Bremer. It keeps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it looks like a. It looks like a keg with a handle. Yeah. Yeah. For coffee. Mm-hmm. It's coffee it's keg. dynamite. Mm-hmm. Could we do you think they could you think they'd be willing to be a sponsor? Oh gosh, yeah. I need to bleep it all out if they don't pay us. <laughs> <laughs> It'll ruin all of our other advertising. It'll people will be like, Oh, they just mentioned stuff. <laughs> have to have it. Mm-hmm. They're definitely listening. I know that for sure. <laughs> the Bubba people? Mm-hmm. Or their PR yeah. people. Well, both. Mm-hmm. Both. There's different. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now, and there's different options. Do you have the 52 ounce? Whoa. <laughs> there's a 52 there's also a 34 ounce. <laughs> Dang. Dude, 52 ounces. Whoa. Not, yeah, that's, I don't that's know the one would... I was looking at, the 52. That looks like a keg. Yeah, 52. I don't know. Wow. If, I don't know if I could handle that, guys. You could do it, Mike. <laughs> I, just, do it. I just think the experience of drinking out of a 52 ounce, especially if it's full, that's like a heavy. That's a heavy lift to your mouth. It's a big gulp, man. Yeah. yeah, that is true. And the twisting motion of drinking, you know, like twisting your wrist, you get too much weight on that. You're gonna, you might pour a little hot coffee down your face too fast. Yeah, these have rave reviews on Amazon. Especially man, mine has been weak arms. 
like huh. really weak arms. I'm surprised that you can handle a big mug like that. What are you saying? <laughs> Say that to my face right now. Let's FaceTime so I can see it. <laughs> man, I want to just crush you right now. Okay, hey, oh, I had man, a really had some... unpleasant. Yeah, oh, huh? go ahead. I was. I had say, a really. Speaking of getting crushed, we. I was in a men's league basketball game last night. We lost by one point that I had several opportunities to win. <laughs> one, one, a one and one free throw at the end if I had made even one of them. And one was I oh. on, the, on a full court press and this guy was wide open under the net and I lost it out of bounds and that would have been the winning shot. Oh no. <laughs> but you know what? I was lucky to score the points I did. I probably scored, it was like 39, 38 and I think I scored eight or 10 points and I cup one of them was a banked in three <laughs> I banked it in but I called bank when I threw it up because I was like oh this is this is going I threw this way too hard so I just yelled bank and it banked in uh, no, it definitely counts then that definitely and I heard the counts. other team on the bench go like they call he called it <laughs> anywho so are, you okay? are you okay are you okay are you actually processing was, some like self-hate right now? I was bummed I was bummed but that that was my rationalization is like you know what you know when somebody's bad at golf and they hit a couple good shots and then they hit another bad shot and they're like dang it oh what's wrong with me like actually the the bad shot is more average of what you should expect and <laughs> yeah. it's the good shots that you should be like wow i can't believe we only lost by one you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude wow. that's the nice best perspective mm-hmm. great yeah Great. That's like it's when Michael Scott plays in the basketball game at the against <laughs> the warehouse. My, my favorite lines of all time. What's wrong what with is, me today? Yeah, what is with me today? Like <laughs> shooting it out of the warehouse <laughs> misses the backboard. <laughs> like today's the exception. Love that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, I did join a the Y. I don't know if I told you guys that, but I had been doing this little CrossFit thing, but it the timing of it. You know, it's like an hour workout and it's nice, but if you're going to work out for an hour, one, you have to show up at the same time mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's hard to nail it uh, exactly from 4.30 to 5.30. And then it's like 30 minutes before and then 30 minutes afterwards, you get a shower and get ready and drive over there and drive back. So it ends up being this like pretty massive excursion. Yeah. And so there's a why on the way home. And I've just been going over there, popping off and doing like a 20-minute run, 20-minute workout, and then driving home. And it's it's just much more manageable and better. But they have some Sunday leagues. So it's so fun. I'll come in after celebrating masses on Sundays and start around the afternoon. And, you know, I'm usually, I mean, I don't know how to say this, but I'm the only white guy that plays, really. Uh, and you know, it takes a little bit to, to get picked up on a team and, uh, for people to pass you the ball and things like that. But I've been going there for the past couple of weeks and, um, you know, people pick me up and starting to play quite a bit. And now I'm being recruited to play on different YMCA basketball teams. And I don't think anybody knows I'm a priest there. So it's, it's like a nice competitive outlet that, I I really I really like and I, I think I needed and didn't uh didn't know that just that spirit of competition going on so it's been good. Yeah. Love it. 
You been recruited for any basketball teams lately, Biss? <laughs> Sorry, dude, my uh, my microphone is all. Yeah, funky. that's just something just happened there. Sorry, I'll cut it out. Yeah, I heard post, a little wire. Um, Getting slammed, yeah, dunks, Mike. I uh, I get recruited because I... my my move is to dunk during warm ups. I just mm-hmm. like I just throw down some huge dunks. Yep, and uh, everybody's like, "Whoa, that dude! Look at him dunking! Look at yep. yeah." They call you the. Oh, they should call you the Red Baron. That's a good mm. name. That is a good name. Yeah, you got to wear Wasn't sunglasses a... the whole time, even during games, <laughs> and, and just just act like a total psycho. Yeah, rec, <laughs> rec specs, but like dark rec specs. Right. Yeah, with like really, really Not tinted thick frames. But, yeah, dark blue blockers. They look like the old pilot goggles. That's like what you need to wear. <laughs> Actually, the that's red... an even better look. Not the shades. Red Baron. The old pilot goggles with like the leather strap, this mm. perfect circles. You can come up with a bunch of catchphrases <laughs> and a like... scarf <laughs> blowing behind <laughs> me as I run down the court. <laughs> but you know, if, if, he, like, if you just if you slam dunk it enough, you'll still get picked up on it too. No? Even looking 100%, like that, hundred percent, dude, one hundred percent. Yeah, get like one of those old leathery like football helmet looking things and wear that thing too. <laughs> just get strapped in. Red Bear is about to take flight. And then you just grab <laughs> grab the net or something. That's my catchphrase. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Just like even yeah, a month from now, they're like, dude, is that is that the Baron over there? Is he here? Is he here? Man. I love it. I love the idea of narrating your own move. Red Bear is about to take flight. <laughs> I did I remember playing against guys that would make their own sound effects. Like when they would do a move, they would <laughs> Oh, they would like hype themselves as they were dribbling. That's pretty good, man. What if we did that while we preached? <laughs> Ready for the, the story. Lord's love is like fire. <laughs> you could just give you could just give uh, like self commentary on your wordsmithing, like Father Oaks used to do. That's true. He would do that. <laughs> oh, that was good. Continue reading his own article. Listen to this sentence. Ooh, yeah, it's luscious. So, we... oh, good. <clears throat> well, we can talk. Keep talking about basketball. Yeah, Illinois won a big game the other night. Heck yeah, man! Huge game. We should I'm be in good. the tourney now. For sure. For sure. We're back. That's the one nice other consolation we had at the end of the game last night. The guy who's running the team, he goes, "Well, it doesn't really. These games don't really matter because everybody makes the playoffs." So it's good to know that Illinois is going to make the tourney. You guys can still win it. Yeah, very. I like this team a lot. We're pretty good. Do you have something to? What were you saying, Mike? Do you have a? Oh, I was just going to say I had a really unpleasant experience yesterday. We can talk about that. Yeah, let's hear it. Is it just another thing about your braces, or? (laughs) Oh well, actually, I did. (laughs) That was early early podcast. It's mostly (laughs) sarcasm. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of uh, lots of rage. Um, it's a February feeling, dude. Well, it's been raining here in Rome for no joke, like three months straight, and our rivers are about to flood. Mm. And so it's been just wet and cold here. Um, so yeah, it does feel like February. That's for sure. But I've been looking to buy a new car, and what you're uh, getting rid of the Ranger, dude? The Ranger is dynamite. Don't get me wrong. All right, 
but it is tiny and I'm giant. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I, I just realized I spend a lot of time in the car and I'm like constantly really cramped. And because I love the Ranger so much, I just made it work. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I like bags <laughs> stacked on me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't keep doing this, you know? And I, and I drive, I, I just spend a lot of time in the car and, and it's actually really not a safe car. So if I got in a wreck, it would be, I would be split in two for sure, guaranteed. I would, <laughs> I would be decapitated and, you know, not in a selfish way or in a vain way, but like there's only so many priests, you know, and I don't, <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford to have somebody die because they're driving a Ford Ranger, you know? February so makes I the just brain wanna... think weird things. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Yeah. <laughs> so I am looking just for like a little bit of a bigger car that's safer and um, yeah, and like doesn't slide on the road when it's raining. Ford Ranger, I love you, but it's just unimpressive like how little the Ranger can handle. That's yeah, um, the two-wheel drive thing. It's the same with my S10. The two, yeah, man, it's it's tough. The bed is really light and... You know, I got to go down to army stuff and throw all this equipment in there and sometimes go to ranges and go out into the woods and like, I don't want to get that. Nobody wants that. So just looking for something a little bit different. But I, so I've been shopping around for a long while and finally found one that I liked and it's their dealership just out of state and been working with a, a salesman and uh, he got to the point where I was like, I wanted to take the vehicle to get it inspected by another mechanic, have like a third party check it out before I drive a long way and spend a lot of money on a car to make sure that it's okay. And I guess his manager gets on the phone, calls me up and like berates me. Hmm. (laughs) It was super unpleasant, very unpleasant. Uh, And he berates me because he's like, what, you're not going to trust our mechanics that we have here? Oh my gosh. Apparently we're not reputable. And starts giving me the, like, reading me the riot act about this. He goes, hey, so I heard you're a priest. Sounds like you've lost faith in humanity. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> Don't buy a car from that guy. Don't, yeah. No joke, dude. You oh, can't absolutely. buy it there. No joke. And I'm like, I, yeah, I was just kind of like, I can't believe you just said that. This is, and all my other interactions were very good, very, very pleasant. And this guy just went, like, nuclear. In the span, I mean, I was like close to driving up there and getting it, and he went nuclear. And within five minutes, the whole thing was. Did he think that was going to work? I have no idea. Like, you were going to be like, I'm sorry, you're right, I've betrayed our friendship. I'll pay you whatever you want. (laughs) Let me trust you with, you know, thousands of dollars, of which I have very little of. So, let me just take your word for it, and you just sell me a car. Like, so I told him, I was like, yeah, to be honest, I don't trust you guys. Like, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I know he's like saying their names. Like, what, Scott? <laughs> Apparently now Scott's not trustworthy. I'm like, what? Scott's dog is sick. And you bring Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was disappointing. So like, I, I like this car. I'd like to get it. We're getting really close. And then all of a sudden, within the span of five minutes, um, Things imploded, and the guy brought my priesthood into it. I'm like, yeah. whoa! That was. <clears throat> I don't like car salesmen. No. Yeah, 
It was, I, I won't say I don't like any of them because I, I know some, but right. I think that uh, yeah, I don't true. like the, I don't like the process. I would I don't like the process of buying a car from Not a dealership. At Not at all. Yeah. Well, well, it's like what if I don't think anything else we buy is like this where there's a good chance that um you're not telling me the full truth and some of my some of the a lot of the price and what this is going to cost me is dependent on me a being smart about cars and b not being conflict averse and being willing to like battle through some really uncomfortable conversations. Mhm. It's ne- negotiation which it's just like I don't ever go to a store and have to worry about that it's just there's a price tag on the thing and if i want it and i'm willing to pay that i buy it yeah no it's totally true and are you on your own or you have somebody kind of helping you i got a guy who's helping me i found this one on my own and was kind of being taking lead on it myself but um yeah i mean not to get into like the details of it because it doesn't really matter but uh, the car is from Alaska and like that's where the owner had it and so I'm like hey there's probably corrosion underneath right I mean like they salt their roads and they got out difficult weather <laughs> and it's a six-year-old car like it's not unreasonable for me to want to have somebody check this out and um, no dude. I guess I was just yeah very 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 unpleasant but you know it's an odd thing when you're doing like business and you know, like to to keep your faith as a real aspect of that um like ha- how do you negotiate in a strong way and not get trampled by other people you know um not get bossed around by by other folks and like strong armed into doing things um and f- honestly even for him to call out my faith like risky I he must have just had a really bad day. That's kind of what I've been thinking about. But um, that that was a conclusion I came to. But it did raise the question of like, how do you how do you negotiate and navigate the situations well in a strong way, but also, you know, not being a jerk and um, keep keeping your faith, but also being a good businessman and woman, you know. Heck yeah, dude. I would I would cite the Mets maneuver there that we've talked about. <laughs> of just being super joyful but standing the ground, man. I don't yeah. know how else to you know, like just smiling like right at him and being open and um I I've only bought like a car from a dealership one time um on totally on my own, which was last year. Um, but the, I don't know. I go back to, did I tell you guys when I read that book, uh, when breath becomes air? Oh yeah. And the whole line, we may have talked about this, but she was talking about, I heard the, the wife of the guy, um, who passed away. She was describing like, this was in like mourning and grief, but she said, when in doubt, describe. Um, and I just found that to be like, I don't know, like just, incredibly effective of just like disarming honestly i'm not saying i know how to negotiate or anything like that but it was interesting i went to a bunch of deal different dealerships and a couple of them had like it was very obvious like very aggressive like make you feel bad tactics 
like one in Springfield, which will remain unnamed. I didn't buy a car from them. Um, but their whole thing was like when we started talking about a price and I was pretty serious about the car and offered a low price, but like not that far off. And the guy reacted like super, super offended and mad. Are you trying to starve my family? <laughs> yeah. And then, but then he said, um, he was like, they, it wasn't, I don't know that the guy knew, I, well, I had my clerics on, I think. So he knew that I was pretty, but he didn't bring the faith into it, thankfully. But, um, he tried to do, this was the most mad I was after an experience, but he tried to say that, um, you, well, like this was in Springfield and I told him I was down in Edwardsville and he was like, well, obviously like you don't have any hometown loyalty anymore. So like maybe oh try God. that price Whoa. on someone down, down there. No and I kind of, I kind of stopped, but I remember saying like, I was kind of like so shocked at the point um that like and you could tell it was kind of like a bait to somehow i don't know if it was to get me to a manager or or what but it was just like i just kind of expressed like how weird of a comment that was and shook the guy's hand and left and he was kind of like following me then like trying to get me to come back and i was mm -hmm. like no man like we're we're done here you know <laughs> and just left um, so I don't know, but that whole, that whole thing is, is just real of sometimes that stuff sucks. Yeah. yeah and people have their motivations and can you guys hear me? I feel like my, you're yeah. a little bit quiet. Yeah. I don't know what's up with my machine here. Let me try one, one thing real quick. How's this? Is that better? About the same. No, it's Hello? a little bit better. Um, I think I, I had my buddy Pete Mikaitis, Hank Mardukas, over here the other day, and we were messing around with my machine because he's a podcaster, and we're talking about sound stuff. I think I need a new one of these gadgets. Um, so I might invest, but um, what was I going to say? Yeah, people have their different motivations. I think w one nice thing about your experience both of you guys' experience is that there's a red flag that is so clear that it's like because I mean, my my problem is the self-doubt like i don't know i don't know how this whole thing works you guys do this all day long um i i can't come in here and just expect to be good at this and know exactly what to say and what to do but then when somebody does something like that where they attack your lawyer, like acting like <clears throat> affecting his commission is a, a slight against your family, your own hometown, or like your faith in Christ or humanity is in hanging in the balance of whether or not this guy gets a huge payday. You're like, all right, this guy, I can't trust a word he says, you know, because he's just trying to manipulate me. So at least I have the peace of knowing. This isn't working out, you know? Um, so there's like that silver lining of, uh, there's just a, there's just a baseline of, of respect and trust that I'm not willing to, I, I just don't want to do business with somebody who doesn't have that integrity, you know? Yeah. But <clears throat> I do, I know some car salesmen and, um, it's tough, man. Gosh, they have to really push in there and their mm -hmm. livelihood does depend on 
them selling out a certain number of cars. And, uh, I was talking to this one guy and the manufacturer <clears throat> makes a deal. Like you got to sell, let's say a hundred cars this month and they give them the hundred new cars and they just, they got to sell them. And then if they do, they get this extra bonus. Um, let's say they get, uh, you know, a hundred grand that the owner of the dealership does if they, so he, he can dole out bonuses to the best salesman because he knows he's going to get an extra payday if he gets this mark. So like at the end of the month, that's the best time to go get a car. Cause they're like, actually the owner of this place will, if there's just one car, two cars left, he'll just buy them himself and sell them to his friends because it actually makes financial sense to just buy two cars because he's going to get this bonus from the manufacturer and he might, he's going to sell these cars for like probably less than they cost. But, um, these incentives and stuff create kind of weird pushes in different times of the month. And it sounds like a stressful job. So I wouldn't want to be on the other guy's side. Like <clears throat> it's, I don't think that they're getting rich off us, but the motivations make it so that like you are just a cog in the wheel of their, their monthly routine of trying to make a living. Um, and you just want to get in and get out and get a car and you have a car for years. So it's like, it's not a, it's not a purchase you make that often where you get comfortable and being like, I know my side of this and this is what I'm getting out of it. And then they, you know, it's the whole thing with priests and business that I think is the heart of the issue is like, how do you both be kind and detached from things like money and, um, look at the other person across the table from you and revere them as a, as a person yeah. and witness to your faith. And at the same time, not get manipulated and, and used. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a tough question. <clears throat> yeah. What would you, I'm curious, Mike of, I mean, your, your dad, if you don't mind sharing, like, dude, that dude yeah. operates at a high level of like competitive <laughs> business. And is a super faithful. Uh, have you ever like? Does he have any like little kind of like proverbs that he goes by or anything? I'm I'm genuinely cur- curious on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I I sat with him in a car buying experience. You preached on that one time. Truck. I, I did. That. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was incredibly uncomfortable for hours. Literally for hours, we just sat there and. I, my dad, he, he found that he, you know, he did his research. He found a truck and he came to the price that he thought was fair. It's, it's kind of like a Ron Swanson technique, I guess. And he came in, worked with a, a salesman. They checked out the car and he said, I'm going to give you, I, I will pay X amount for this truck and I'll buy it today. I'll pay X amount for this truck. And the salesman for, no joke, hours. This was during University of Tennessee football game. I remember it. Um, we sat there and he went in and out talking to his manager, but had to leave the office multiple times. Mm-hmm. And my dad just sat there and he said, look, I, you know, this is what I'm willing to pay. And the guy never asked him to leave. He never said no, but he just kept, he just sat there and kept trying to work my dad. He just work him and work him and work him. And dad would just say like, look, dude, <laughs> that's the price. And like, uh, I'll sit here until you sell it. And unless you ask me to leave, like, I'm just going to stay here. And 
you tell me no that this isn't going to work. You you tell me no. And he just stuck to his price and eventually the guy uh guy gave up. It was legitimately like 2 hours of just sitting there. And, and he got the exact the guy, price. He got the price. Yeah. Uh-huh. He paid he paid after 2 hours he paid what uh what he said he would and that was it. Mm-hmm. But he kind of made the guy say, look, like you have to either kick me out or you have to tell me no or or I'm going to sit here and buy this car, you know? And the guy, <laughs> it was just really uncomfortable because <laughs> he'd sit there and he'd throw out all these numbers and give all these explanations and dad would be like, yeah, no, I hear you. That's great. Okay. So, like, what do you think? So <laughs> <laughs> we, we closer price. yet or... Yeah, like it, you kind of got that out of your system, and you know, and he's like, "Look, I, I, I don't throw out this price to say like, okay, now we'll meet in the middle. Like, I think this is fair, and I think this is good. And if you don't, like, let me know." And the guy never did, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he would come back and forth talking to his manager, and um, I wonder if these yeah, guys and, go back to their buddies and are like, and tell stories like, "Man, these customers, man, busted <laughs> my sure chops." They do. Yeah. I'm sure they do, you know, like but we... I, my, I mean, my dad would tell me things, you know, yeah, um, it's more than just like living a reflective life, but, um, knowing what you're about, I think is mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, well, it's probably the biggest deal with all this stuff. So it's like, before you go into a situation, he would, he would be huge on this already know what you're going to do before you go into a situation. And he would talk about that in high school and college with, you know, approaching the party scenes, approaching different situations and scenarios with your friends. The same applies with business. And I'm, I'm sure that he would probably say the same applies with negotiations and things like that. Like know what you want, know what you're about and know what you're going to do before you get in there and then that way you're not going to be twisted and tumbled around um yeah so like gather information beforehand um probably like do a lot of the hard work like that research beforehand um so that when you get in the situation like you're not going to get beat up by some guy who does this for a living and can like run circles around you you know so, but, I mean, he was adamant about that. Know what you're going to do before you get into situations. Um, That's a good insight. And I didn't listen. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't listen to it in high school or college at all. But uh. <laughs> Well, it's a good insight, like, to apply to broader things that besides, like, whatever we're consuming, you, you know, or from a need, like a new car or whatever it is. Um because it is an interesting thing is like, because I'm sure that is some type of like sales tactic, but it's also present in life that you can get thrown curveballs like out of nowhere that you're like, whoa, where did, how did that happen? Where like all of a sudden, like me being a priest is coming into this, like buying a car situation, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, Knowing how to react in that situation and not being flustered by it, like, yeah, maybe that's like that's old man strength that we've talked about before. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and I think 
maybe the limitations on it is, you know, obvi- the kind of obvious limitations or it's like you can't know everything that's going to be coming at you. Um, yeah. And so maybe it would, maybe it would be more like I know what I'm for instead of what I'm against. So it's like, um, you know, you, you can't plan for every situation, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know how to make that distinction there, but, um, yeah, well, I, I don't really know, but I know what I'm about and not, I'm not going to be able to necessarily defend everything that comes my way, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, life throws you, like you said, life throws you these crazy curveballs. And you can't really plan for everything, but yeah, like, oh, I'm not about that. That's, that is something that I'm not going to engage in. I'm not, I'm just going to step away from this right now. So yeah, I don't know, but I, I mean, I feel, I don't know if I feel bad, but it's like the, the everyday Christian who has to live in the, in the business world and gets put in a pinch. Uh, you know, and more than just business ethical type stuff, but it's like, how, you know, maybe this is a deeper question. How do you be weak as a Christian properly hmm. and not be weak? Hmm. And like, how are you supposed to be weak? Cause we are. And like Paul talks about that very clearly. How do you be weak? And not get trampled like a doormat. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I think the old man strength thing is a good insight, though. I think um, what makes me most insecure in a situation like we're using the car situation as a as an example, but. I feel like going into into a place when my weakness is an ignorance or a lack of confidence or not knowing what I'm going to do before I go into a situation, either because I don't know, I've never been in the situation, or I just feel like I am not the, uh, like I can't trust my instincts, you know, that I might say something that reveals that I'm, a, I'm totally out of my element and I'm too young or inexperienced or incompetent and this guy is just going to run circles around me he's like you you don't know that this is a you know like the undercoat costs this extra money and um this is obviously you've never you've never bought a car before um you know like the you're a priest you lost your faith in humanity to get you not to inspect the car is a pretty transparent manipulation and it's easy to see but he's trying i feel like maybe this kid doesn't know what he's doing and I, like I can just push him around. Um, like some, some sense of like living out of your own, having, having a certain human competence and confidence where you can discern when is the time to give here. Um, because what you don't want is like in these zero sum games of business, I give you money. That means I don't have it. Um, and in the Christian life, we're talking about goods that are diffusive of, diffusive of themselves and they multiply as you give them away. Things like faith, hope, and love. And, um, 
how you how you discern like when is the time to love this person you know and and you're not you're not offering me a chance to give freely to you you know and it's the same thing we've talked about this when people kind of like are somewhat vampiric of our time energy attention um you know the people that will will just take as much time as as you will in to give them and will capitalize on your sense of like oh you belong to everybody and you you know you have to be nice to me you have to sit here and listen to me while i while i use you as a doormat or sounding board um and that's at the cost of like being attentive to all these other people that aren't you know manipulative or strong enough to to pull you out of the crowd enough to like own you you know there's a lot of people that need you to choose to love them and be present to them that aren't going to be that um strong let's say in a sense so you having the strength and the confidence to say like all right yeah be kind to the person um yeah this is uh okay interesting i'm i'm leaving now you know and and knowing when to choose strongly and know what you're going to do and and have that confidence and then and then to i don't know like to me i've been i've been going to the jail more this year and uh i went on saturday and i went into this one deck uh where there there was one guy that i'd visited a couple times and i wanted to check in on him and he was doing okay and all of a sudden like all these other guys started coming up to me that i'd never talked to before and i don't think we're catholic but they just saw my collar and they kind of came over it's a little overwhelming but um a line started forming that like people wanted to pray with me and talk to me and i i felt free like yeah i have this time these guys never really get to talk to anybody um i don't feel stifled even though i'm literally in jail right now i don't feel imprisoned by this i can freely give of myself and and let them take from me and uh there's this one guy who had just uh gotten a a sentence of a hundred years in prison and he'd been in jail for seven years and Mm. was Mm. kind of like you know how am i supposed to pray like he wanted to know how to pray and also like how do i deal um with the guilt the lack of freedom the like the future that i have the, the most likely future which is that i'll live and die in jail the rest of my life. He's 28 years old. I don't know what he did, but um, that's where I feel like spontaneous. Like I, I am weak in the situation where I don't, I don't have anything to say to make this better, you know? Um, but nevertheless, like I, I feel that that this interaction is priestly, you know, this is where, where I belong and you got in the world and, people push you around and I I don't think Christ was a wilting lily that just let, you know, let anybody do anything because he was nice. He stood up and, and forced the issue a lot, but when push came to shove and it was time to die for us, he willingly accepted it. You know, um, he saw us in our misery and I, I don't think it's only just, Oh, you love the people that are worthy of loving, you know, um, because none of us are, but I think you get, I, I find, I get a little bit 
better of a radar of like, okay, this is an interaction that is free and this is love and you can't love without freedom. Um, and when somebody's trying to restrict your freedom, whether through physical imprisonment or, or verbal manipulation, you just get this icky feeling. You're like, no, this is not, this is not right. Does yeah. that make sense? The old man's strength being like, yeah, you can push people out of the key to get that offensive rebound because you're 35 and they're 21. But, um, <laughs> like using that in life as you grow to, because this is my point is that there are weaker, weaker people that are depending on you to be strong, to like protect them and provide for them and, create an abundance so that they can enjoy it and that's the fatherly aspect of the priesthood and like the fact that your dad sat there with you and um and kind of showed you how this is done but also you got a car out of the deal at the end of the day like i think that that's that's the father you know like there are forces in the world that are trying to crush you use you suck your life out of you and the father is the one that sits there and, and just doesn't take it um yeah hmm. cars i saw as i was driving back from the jail the other day there's a uh a cannabis dispensary and uh Marijuana is legal now since January 1st. Oh, and I'd know. never in seen, Illinois? yeah, I'd never seen the place open or anybody coming in and out of it. I've driven by it dozens of times. And, uh, this past Saturday it was freezing out. It was like nine degrees and there was a line out the door of like 30 people. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Pretty Still- crazy. Still not legal here in Georgia. Count your blessings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very good for me to see my father do that. Um and I mean I guess it is a little bit different as you know, the the priestly life when you incorporate that extra dimension to um you know, to I guess this whole question of how do you negotiate well? That's not even it. Well, yeah, it's something like that. How do you negotiate well and yet, um, you know, not get pushed around, not be manipulated, but still love in the moment, still have peace, still have joy. Um, yeah, because certainly, I mean, the wrong thing is like to let those interactions disturb you in in whatever capacity. Um, yeah, but you definitely get an intuitive sense when somebody starts to. Yeah, wordsmith around you. Like, gosh, this person is just wrapping some sort of a web around me. And I don't know what they're doing, but I can feel it. Yeah. They're just luring me in here. Hmm. Um, and that's, that's more of an intuition, I think. But <coughs> yeah, there's like a, a stalwartness that, that old man strength with my dad's interaction is like, I'm just going to sit here and you're going to run around. And, you know, it's like waves crashing on this rock. And it's like, I'm just going to be here. That's it. You know what I'm about. You know what I'm here for. 
and that's that. And so you kind of, you kind of like tire yourself out until the day's about to end. And I know you got to make this sale. So I'm just going to be here. Uh, you know, not trying to be forceful or manipulative, but yeah, that is, that is good, but that's tough. Yeah, it's kind of, man, the whole notion of competition and how you do that well, it is, it is very, very tough because it's like, I was just kind of relating. It's funny. We were talking about basketball before that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that's like a, you know, a, a deep lesson in like growing up and learning how to compete in a lot of ways is like the necessity of in competition like trying to beat another team or trying to beat someone else, but then learning, I don't know. And you get like, there's, I guess there's different like philosophies on this, but even in like a team sport or whatever it is where you're trying to literally beat someone else, like kind of the core thing that should be going on is in, in a sense is learning who, you are. That was a John John Wooden thing. Is like he never worried too much about other teams. He just tried to get his teams to prepare to be like the best that they could be. Um, and I think really really good coaches do that. Um, but I was trying to think of wording it in a way there because there is a feeling that is true there. Like to your point, Bisk of like no, there's car salesmen out there that are good guys and are just trying to make a living and are like probably dealing with a lot of pressure themselves and have been taught certain tactics to try to get this done. But it just feels like, hey, in order for me not to get used here, I have to beat you. Mm-hmm. But that's not like the core of the thing, at least according to old man strength of like, no, I'm just going to know who I am right, and dude. sit here. Um, and it's not about me beating you, even though like it feels immensely like that and can like rapidly dissolve into that. Does that make any sense? One dude, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Right, and then the whole thing is many times we get caught up in the feel of it. Mm-hmm. Instead of the reality. Like, I just gotta sit here. It's it's not about me beating you. Uh yeah, living in a non competitive worldview. Well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly, certainly, certainly it. But, I mean, if you think of, I'm blanking on, like, an example, but it's fun, again, going back to the sports thing, like, it's fun to watch, like, two, just two greats, like, go at it, or two guys that are just on for, like, opposing teams one night. And it's funny because, like, almost always those are the guys that, like, get together and like are hugging after the game like they love the thrill of the competition which is fascinating if you think about of like they have that incredible drive at that level to go at each other but it's like this depth of respect because they're actually pushing each other you know and so i don't i don't think that buying a car like can facilitate that honestly but there's still something to like the reality that's there that we can relate to um game recognizes game yeah i mean that's true though it's Mm -hmm. it's very true think about that like 
It one popped in my head, but this is just if you're a Cardinals fan, you'll remember it. But it was like the 2011 NLCS Championship Series. It was no divisional series because it's Game Five, so the deciding game. And Roy Halladay, it was Chris Carpenter versus Roy Halladay, and they both threw absolute gems. And literally, the Cardinals beat the Phillies one to nothing. But like those guys were like best buddies in real life, and just talked about like the thrill of getting to compete against each other. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it does. There's a drive there to like find yourself in it of like, hey, how, what level can I go here? Um, so I, I think there's a lesson there that that can can teach. Um, but it's an it's a darn important one when you're in situations when, yeah, like someone in a sense like goes after your character or loyalty or vocation you know, in a manipulation tactic. You just got to sit there. Hmm. Yeah. The non-competitive worldview. What does that remind you of? The best class ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I said it two (laughs) minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I remember watching uh, Alabama Clemson National Championship. Um, I can't remember what year it was with Alabama, but it was like, I think they had one maybe back to back and Clemson had Deshaun Watson and some freakazoid wide receivers, but Alabama's defense was unreal. And yeah, it's, it's really cool because the full like athletic prowess and ability and, uh, capability of Clemson would not have been like revealed or on full display unless they were playing against such a good defense. So like the talent of Alabama's defense actually made Clemson like you have to be this good or else you're going to get crushed. And so the goodness of their competitors actually elevated their own game. You know, so to you, you have to have these competitors that it's not just like, okay, uh, I need you in order to help me discover like the actual full potential that exists within me as well. And watching those two teams, it was a slugfest, man, going back and forth. Yeah. But because of the talent of each of the teams, it actually elevated the whole game as a whole. It's like it's next level, man. But th- that's the thing. You watch like the birds and the magic Johnson's, uh, I mean, Jordan didn't really have anybody. Um, but these great competitors actually make their rivals, they make them even better because mm-hmm. you got to push even harder. And I know I'm not saying this very well, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a cool insight. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know if that could ever be, like, a situation... So back to like buying a car or whatever, like negotiating something that isn't fun to negotiate. Like, I wonder if that could become, you know, the next time around for you or me or whoever, like if it could become in a sense, like not, not fun, but almost like kind of a test of that, um, like in yourself and like just being able to recognize of like, whoa, this guy, like this is coming off as like a desperation thing 
from this guy. And so just in using good responsibility, like, hey, I'm not going to buy a car from him, but could I switch into two minutes here of like trying to help him and be kind to him, you know, and then leaving and knowing who I am. Um, Or like if you could ever get in a situation with some veteran like salesman that doesn't necessarily need the sale and just like have fun of like going at each other, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be, it's an interesting kind of prospect. I doubt it, honestly, just because of the nature of what seems like like the pace of that business and everything um but yeah it's pretty and let's be honest none of us are the larry bird of negotiating exactly (laughs) no that's true that's true um but you you get better at it as you do it more you know Mm -hmm. certainly yeah Um, yeah dude i like yeah it's it's about playing the right game and knowing what you're about so it's like hey i'm not going to get into the uh, i'm going to beat you game but in this situation yeah like kind of returning to the truth which is like what can i actually control here i can control myself and i can control the things that i believe in and how i'm going to act in this situation so that's what i'm going to focus on you know and not not getting outside of that but yeah that and that's tough because it's really easy to get wrapped up in like really emotional situations and um yeah but playing a different game all together in in those in those types of situations yeah which probably also has the same effect or has the effect that you desire uh in the long run it's like things actually do end up working out correctly when you do you just focus on yourself you know like the john wooden thing you know i'm I'm not going to worry about my competition but i'm going to focus on the things that that i can actually control Mm -hmm. and that's hey I want to buy a car, but uh, I'm not going to let you talk about, <laughs> about me or about my priesthood <laughs> or my family or whatever, you know, however it goes. I wonder what his expected outcome there was, where you're going to be like, yeah, man. man, I'm sorry, you're right. I I don't know how, why I did such a wrong thing. I don't, dude, honestly, I, I've been praying for him. I think he just had a really bad day. I mean, like from the get-go, I think he was just really upset because that doesn't make any sense. No. I don't know. I mean, if, you know, I don't, not to speculate too much on the whole thing, but if at that point, like, if he is kind of a, a veteran mentality there, and it's like, hey, if this car gets checked out, I'm not going to sell it. So, like, that scraps the sale, and one out of ten times, I can rattle someone into making a bad decision here. Mm-hmm. I could see going for it, like, just in that mentality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. I Yeah, I was just... Well, we need to. I, mean, we need like, to, I don't want to get. We got to wrap it up. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, and I think with our advertisers, we could probably use some of these techniques, like attacking their personalities and their, you know, with, <sighs> yeah. t- with Tide Bleach or if it's the, the Bubba people. Mm hmm. Are the beats like by a, Dre? Dre, give me beats now. Or you're <laughs> a bad person. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, guys. Good talk. Sorry, I got to get God. going. God's nature is uncompetitive, non-competitive. Mm-hmm. That's right. Get a good car, dude. Had a good price. Yeah, man. I really want a new car. I've Here's my dad's it. advice to me in buying a yes, car. Yes, yes. All right, and this is this is this comes from old man wisdom and strength. And he said, yes. if the car dealer or the car salesman that you buy it from is smiling when you leave, then you paid too much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, he meant it. That's and honestly, tough though, because it's only afterwards that you know. 
That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it honestly, it held like I was pretty, I'll be honest, I was pretty fierce in, in buying a car and kind of everything that he described to me was like held, held pretty true, honestly. Yeah. So, um, but that was, that was like the one piece of practical advice. Don't leave him smiling. Don't leave him smiling. Because if you did, that means that you paid too much. You're the sucker. If you don't know who the sucker is, it's you. Well, his point was they're not going to sell it to you unless they make money, whether it's like an end of the month incentive or whatever. Right. But sure. don't worry right. about them not making money. Mm-hmm. Like get <laughs> that true. get get that out of your head because they'll totally. say no. Right. Totally. And so that means yeah. like fair price as low as you can pay. They won't be smiling. And I was like, yeah. huh. All right. So, See, this is the go. kind of thing people listen to our podcast for is practical life hack Pract- advice. Life hack. Mm-hmm. Life hack. This life is hack. how you negotiate. Dude, and the other thing is, and I hate this, it drives me nuts, but when you spend time with the salesman, they like hold that against you. You're like, what? Yeah. I've been you, with you for like 30 minutes. All this time for this me? Car? Yeah. I could have like, been selling so many cars if it weren't for you. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you nothing. Okay. <laughs> right. You shut your mouth. I owe you nothing right now. Okay. <laughs> Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.